Hi, I'm Phil Newman and welcome to the Impact Online podcast. We are so glad you're here. Well, I feel I've got a word in my spirit for you today and I've only shared this a couple of places uh, and I just really feel I want you to take it out because I, I believe we're about to enter an incredible season in the life of the church. I, I, believe, I believe that this is going to be the most exciting time to be a Christian and the most exciting time to be a part of the local church. Now, when I was younger, um, I went to Flinders University in South Australia and one of my subjects was American history. I love American history and and uh, I'm, I'm, over the last 20 years, I think I've read about 17 books on the American presidents. Not some of the latest ones, but some of the early ones, which I love. And one of my, my favourite presidents is a guy called Ronald Reagan. I don't know if you ever know who Ronald Reagan was. But in 1987, he stood at the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin. I've been to Berlin. It's an amazing place. And back then, for those who remember, those over 40 remember the Cold War. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, the touch point, the hot spot of the Cold War. And he looked at the Berlin War and he said this incredible thing. He said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down your wall. And everyone's like, that's not going to happen. The Berlin Wall has been standing. The, uh, the Iron Curtain has been standing since World War II. And literally within two years, the Berlin Wall came down. Those words changed the future and spoke into the destiny of what was happening. In 1932, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, FDR, used a new technology called radio. First time ever, in 1932, in the middle of the Great Depression, when 30% of the population of the United States was unemployed, he used radio to give the nation a, a, an address. And he said this, So first of all, let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Nameless, unreasoning, unjustified terror, which paralyzes needed efforts to convert retreat into advance. The last two and a half years, we have been bombarded with messages of fear. Fear is the tool of the enemy to cripple your life. Fear will steal your joy. Fear will paralyse your destiny. Fear will imprison your hopes and dreams for your family. Fear will stop you stepping out and launching out in the things of God. And I'm telling you today, the Bible says fear is the opposite of faith. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but He's given us power, love and sound mind, sound judgment, wisdom. So nothing of fear comes from God. It always comes from the pit of hell itself. You see, fear, the spirit of fear will restrict your life, but God's faith will expand your life. Fear will make your thinking become very small, but faith will expand your mindset to believe for greater things. Can I have an amen this morning? And as Christians this morning, as believers here at Impact Church, we're not building our lives on the foundation of sand. We are building our lives on the rock that is Jesus Christ. Therefore, we don't need to fear because He's with us. The storms will come, the sand will blow, but our feet is on the rock and we will still be standing, not because of our own strength, because we build our lives on the rock of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, say Amen. So we need to be encouraged. We are prepared for a great season ahead, a greater chapter for the Kingdom of God. Because we will not be dominated by a spirit of fear, but faith will rise up within your hearts to believe for a greater future. A good friend of mine, Pastor Shane Willard, he's a preacher from South Carolina. and He's been coming to our church for many years. And he said the first time he went to the outback, to the Northern Territory, he went to a cattle station. This cattle station was 120,000 hectares. 
like a state in America, huge. And, um, and he, he was amazed because firstly, they went around on a four-wheel drive, but then they went around in a helicopter. And after being in this, on this cattle station for two days, he said to the, to, the, to the cattle station owner, he said, where are the fences? He said, we don't have fences, we just got good wells. We don't need fences when you got good wells because the cattle always come to that great artesian basin. They come and drink from the well. And I want to tell you here at Impact, you know how we're going to impact our community, whatever state or season or region you're in, is when we dig a well, a fresh well in God, people will come from all around to drink from the well of this church. Can I have an amen? And my title of my message today is very simple. It's time to dig. Genesis 26 verse 1 says, there was a famine in the land. And besides the first famine, it was in the days of Abraham and Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerah. Now, this wasn't just a normal famine or a drought. This was when you do the Bible study, it was a decade long drought. Now, I grew up in country Victoria in a town of 2,000 people, 10,000 cows. And I've experienced the drought when it comes and the ground gets so hard, it's like concrete and then the ground begins to crack. You can't plant anything. It's harder than concrete. It's tougher than bitumen. So in the middle of a drought, this is what happened. It wasn't just a a two-year drought. It was a decade-long drought and it affected the economy of the nation. So then we're going to go now, Genesis 26, verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Who would say that's miraculous? Yes, it's miraculous that a hundredfold return came upon him. But what's even more of a miracle is that in the middle of a drought, Isaac decided to sow seed. When everyone else had their Massey Ferguses and John Deere tractors in the shed, Isaac said, I'm not looking at the physical season. I'm, I'm listening to what God says about the spiritual season. And when everyone else is not sowing seed because there's no rain, been here for 10 years, I'm gonna get my seed and my life is dictated by the seasons of this world, but the spiritual seasons of God. Verse 13, and then he began to prosper and he continued prospering till he became very prosperous. I love that word. Everyone say prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herd and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Now, when the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, they'd filled them with earth. I'm telling you through this season of COVID, I feel there's been a lot of spiritual wells filled up. And then Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us for you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerah and he dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. Also Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen of Gerah quarrelled with Isaac's herdsmen saying, this water is ours. So he called the name of the well Esek because they quarrelled with him. Then they dug another well. Are you getting the picture here? They're doing a lot of digging. And they quarrelled over that one also. So he called its name Sitna. And then he moved from there and dug another well. And they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth because he said, for the Lord has now made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Then he went up from there to Bathsheba and the Lord appeared to him that same night and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not fear for I am with you. 
I will bless and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and he pitched his tent there and Isaac's servants dug a well. Amazing. I'm gonna go down to verse 30. So he made a feast and they ate and drank and they rose early in the morning and swore an oath to one another and Isaac sent them away and they departed from him in peace. Verse 32. It came to pass that the same day that Isaac's servants, first it was Isaac digging the well, now his servants are digging the well. He believes in delegation. And came and told him about the well that they had dug. And they, called, they said to him, we have found water. So he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Bathsheba to this day. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear what your Spirit is saying. Lord, let us walk out of the doors of this church different than the way we came in because we encountered your presence in worship. We encountered your word preached in faith and we encountered the encouragement of fellow believers. Give us ears to hear what your Spirit is saying. Let the words not be the vain repetitions of a man, but let them be a supernatural seed planted in men and women's hearts to bring forth a hundredfold return. And everybody said, the last two and a half years have been crazy. COVID-19, pandemic, now we've got inflation is high, interest rates are up, a war in the Ukraine, uncertainty with China, the cost of living rising, concern over climate change, culture wars, fear, 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 promoted and peddled in mainstream media and on social media. But like I said earlier, fear brings restriction, but faith brings expansion. And I'm sick of the prophets of doom. I'm sick of the peddlers of fear on Facebook. Get off it. These prophets are prophesying doom all over the place. We are the church and we need to break out of a lockdown mentality and walk in a faith mentality because our God can do anything, amen. And so I feel the Spirit calling me and my church and I feel it here in Impact today. He's calling us to dig some old wells and dig some new wells. It's time for us as the church to get busy, to contend, to fight for God's promises over our own life and over our church's destiny. Wells speak of life. Wells speak of fruitfulness. Wells speak of blessing. Wells speak of growth. And I wanna declare to us, church, today, I believe the Spirit of God is calling us to redig the old wells and dig some new wells. I wanna ask you a question today. Are you ready to contend for your well? Fight for the promises of God over your family. Fight for the prophetic destiny over Impact Church. We're gonna redig the old wells that the enemies filled in. The Philistines had filled up the wells of Abraham. And I feel many Christians, their wells got filled up with all the rubbish and negativity over COVID, all the contention. It's just like gets into your spirit. You know, sometimes I was yelling at the Premier on the TV each week. It's getting bad spirit, I had to replace it, I had to redig some new wells in my life. Through COVID, there's been disappointment and delay and discouragement and depression is set in discontent and distance away from God. And I wanna tell you, the Holy Spirit wants to clean all that stuff out of the wells of our life so we can tap into the living water of God. And how do you redig the old wells of your life? You go back to the beginning. Prayer, worship, His Word, the house of God. 
Tap into your strength. Redig the old wells that you dug at the beginning of your Christian life. Let the living water flow from deep down within you. Press down, shaking together, running over. It's time to redig the old wells. What are the unfulfilled prophetic words over your life? What are the unfulfilled prophetic words over this church? It's time to shake off the spiritual atrophy and dig some new wells in the Holy Spirit. I believe new wells is for a new season. Some new things that God wants to do in this church. New wells in the Spirit, pioneering new things, new skills, new people, new technologies, new challenges, new wine, new oil, new revival. What does the Bible say? Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it? It springs up. New wells will take you out of your comfort zone, out of familiar territory. New wells for your kids, new wells for your teenagers, new wells for the church. So I've got a couple of points this morning going to help you what we need to do when we're digging some wells. Number one is this, if you're taking notes. It's time to dig some wells so you can prosper in famine. There was a famine in the land, Genesis 26, 1 says. But then it goes on in verse 12, it says, Then Isaac sowed in that land and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold in the middle of a drought. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions and flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants and the Philistines envied him. I love the fact that he planted seeds in the middle of the drought. I'm thank, I'm thank he was a man of faith, not a man of fear. He sowed in hard times. And I want to encourage you today, it doesn't matter what happens in the Australian economy, in the New South Wales economy, in the world's economy, or what doesn't matter what your unsaved family opinion says, even if this world is depraved and evil and full of lies and false truths, you and I can still prosper. No matter what's happening in the world. Our families can prosper and be healthy in an immoral and unhealthy society. Our families and our kids can prosper in an ungodly education system. Our kids can grow up with a passion for Jesus and a healthy self-esteem, even if social media is predatory and shallow, because God will help us prosper. The church will prosper. This church will prosper in economic famine. This church will prosper in a spiritual famine in our society. This church will prosper in a moral famine in our nation. God's people will prosper in business despite the economic conditions around us. In a moral famine, God's people can prosper. Our marriages can prosper. Our children, our families can be strong. Under a famine of ungodly leadership and government, the church will still prosper prosper. Under persecution in the book of Acts, the church grew and prospered because in famine, the church will prosper. God is God. God is not intimidated by man's laws and opinions. God is not bowing down to governments or political thought. God is not afraid of being cancelled on social media or group speak. He is God, King of kings, Lord of lords, Creator of the universe, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Prince of priests, the Rose of Sharon. Come on, Joseph prospered in every season. He prospered in the pit when his brothers betrayed him. He prospered as a slave in part of his house. He prospered in the prison. He prospered in the palace and he prospered as Prime Minister. In the book of Acts, the more the church was persecuted, the more it grew and the more it prospered. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Second thing, it's a time to dig some wells. You will have to fight and contend for your blessing. 
Isaac kept digging wells and then people kept stealing them from him. He had a gift from God to find the water. And I reckon at first he would have thought, well, I, dug, I put all the effort in this well and I dug this well. And, but he didn't have a poverty mentality. He didn't think there was a limitation on how much water there was because he knew a God of unsearchable riches. He says, you can have this well. I am partnering with the God who's the source of all water. And he just went to another place and found a well. People fought over that well. He said, that's right, you can have it. Bless you, God bless you. I serve a God of unlimited resources and he found another well. I want to encourage you that maybe you've been in conflict or been through challenging times. I'm telling you, God is on your side. You can tap into the resources of heaven, but you will have to fight and contend for your blessing. You have to fight for the promises over your life in prayer. You'll have to go to war sometimes for your family. You have to redig old wells and dig new wells for the church that we're a part of to go forward. And guess what? When God blesses people, when God blesses the church, sometimes people can't handle it. It says here, the Philistines envied him because of the blessing of God. Esek, the well of Esek means the well of argument. Sitna means the well of hostility. There will be opposition to traditional marriage. There will be opposition to the way you do family. There will be opposition to the leadership call on your life. There'll be opposition from your unsaved family, opposition to your faith at university or your place of employment. There will be opposition and persecution for your faith in the workplace. There will be opposition to your business as you represent the kingdom of God in the community. There will be opposition to dreams and visions God has given you. There will be opposition at times against Impact Church for what we stand for, Jesus crucified and resurrected from the grave. But Ephesians 6 says, we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark age. Jesus said Himself, do not be surprised when you're persecuted for my namesake, because there's a culture over every city, a culture over every school and university, a mindset over states and nations. And we fight those thoughts and mindsets of poverty thinking, materialistic thinking, selfish thinking, fleshly thinking, lustful thinking, elitist thinking, victim thinking. I could go on and on. Our thought patterns as Christians is quite often opposite to the world that we live in. There we've got to contend for our thinking every day. I've got to bring every thought captive under the mind of Christ and not let the spirit of the world infect my heart and affect my mindset. Third thing is this, it's time to dig some wells. Just because you're in a good place doesn't mean you're in God's ultimate place. Genesis 26, 22 says, and he moved over from there and dug another well and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth because he said, for the now the Lord has made room for us and we shall be fruitful in the land. Rehoth means open space, good place. And you know what? I think sometimes we've come out of COVID and gone, oh, I just want to have a breath. Thank you, Lord. We made it. Things are getting back to normal. But I'm telling you, let's not get too comfortable that God can't speak to us about digging a new well. You know, your first house you buy is probably not your dream home. The first job you get, probably not your dream job. God for seasons will give you seasons of rest. I thank God for those seasons. Give you seasons of space, respite. But don't get comfortable. You may not be at your ultimate destination in God. Enjoy the place you're in. Prosper, be blessed. But remember, God orders your steps. Let's not get too comfortable that God cannot challenge us to dig a new well. Just because you're in a good place does not mean you're in God's ultimate place. And lastly today, it's time to dig some wells. You will eventually make it to your well of promise. Genesis 26, 32 says, 
And it came to pass that Isaac's servants came and told him about a well which they had dug and said to him, we have found water. So we called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Bathsheba to this day. Sheba or Beersheba means the well of the oath, the well of promise, the well of seven. In fact, it's two principal wells and five smaller wells. But you know what the Bathsheba means? Well of legacy. Because you can go to Bathsheba right now in 2022 and still drink from the same well. That well that was dug by Isaac's servants is still the same well watering the city of Bathsheba to this day. It's a well of legacy. What is the promise that God's given to you and your family? I want to leave behind a well of legacy in my family. I want to leave a well of legacy behind in our church. What is the prophetic promise of this church that we've yet to fill? Thank God for all the good things that have gone behind us in the past. We thank God for every season of Impact Church. But it's time to dig some new wells that will leave a legacy for the next generation. Can I have an amen? Impact Church, there's a greater well than you're presently experiencing. We thank God for the present season. But let's get hunger for a greater touch of God. What's your Bathsheba? What's your prophetic destiny? You may not have reached it yet. Galatians 6 says, Do not get weary in doing what is right. For in due season, in God's season, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. For some of you today, you've got kids still away from the Lord. They are your inheritance and they belong in the house of God. You love them, God loves them even more. They belong in this house. That's your inheritance. Maybe it's a promise about your business and you've had some challenging times in your business. Hey, the well of legacy is still to be dug in your life. Thank God for Rehoboth. Thank God for where you are right now. But God's got greater wells for you to dig. For some of you, you've got weary in your spirit. You've got tired in your heart. Even getting to church has been such a chore for you. Or maybe you need to go back and redig the wells of your father. What you did at the beginning. Go to a place of prayer. Go to a place of worship and rediscover that living war that got you into the church in the first place as you discovered Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. Thanks for listening to our Impact Online podcast. We release a new episode every week and you can access all our podcasts and videos via our website. Visit impactchurch.me for lots of extra resource. We'll see you next time at Impact Online.